This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. to another bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And the mailbag keeps mailing. Am I right? The mailbag is open for business. Man, we're getting a lot lately. I love it. I love it. At first, when we first started um, the pod, we, we didn't, you know, we weren't getting a lot of mail rolling in with questions. It was a lot of like really nice things people were saying about listening mm-hmm. but i'm glad that you guys are like jumping in with some questions now because uh we f- we fucking love them also a lot of people like wanting to write a lot about like their experience to us which is kind of cool um yeah you know it kind of feels like like a personal letter i mean i guess it is a personal yeah. letter right but it's that thing <laughs> where you're like wow this is amazing <laughs> I wish we had a P.O. box that we could have people send actual things to. Although as I'm saying that sentence, I'm automatically tripping into my my horror movie raised mind and like, no, we're going to get a finger in the mail or something if we do that. Well, then I I would insist also that you get the P.O. box because then you would have to like get in your car and drive to like I I can just imagine you driving to the mail place in your town and having to like drive past giant trucks with big mirrors. And then that having like that being like a part of the day of, of checking the PO box. So it's, it would be lovely. Like I, I gotta say that since I moved back, um, going to the, the post office and the DMV has been incredible. I walk into both places and I'm out in 10 minutes. Like I had to get my car registration. I had to get my license updated. Um, And anytime I need to mail a package or pick up something, I just park, pull up and park in the front, walk in and leave. (laughs) There's no lines. There's like nothing happening. (laughs) You know, you know, honestly, like who I imagine working at the post office in your town did you ever see that show Wings from the 90s? Yeah, of course. Do you remember Faye, the, yeah. the lady with the white hair? 100%. Just imagine Faye with a smoker's cough, and that's my, my town. <laughs> I meant to bring that up when we talked about little children, because she was in Little Children. <laughs> yeah, very briefly, but I was so excited to see her. <laughs> yeah. That, but that's the type of lady that I imagine is like working at the coffee shop and the post office in Warwick. But I could be wrong. You um, are not wrong <laughs> at all. Well, why don't we do you want to start us off with this letter? Yeah. Oh, I love this first letter. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the subject of this email is uptick in library DVD use after your eps. And the email begins, hello, I work in a city public library and also listen to your episodes every week. So I started tracking which DVDs and Blu-rays were being checked out and when. Turns out 
after you discuss a film on your show, that movie suddenly has a waiting list. I recently came across Watermelon Man while handling materials. I think she meant Watermelon Woman. Yes. Um, but that's okay. Watermelon <laughs> man, Woman. Um, and don't even ask me how long Clute has been off the shelves. Mm. This could be in part due to the library system only having one or two copies, but they both went months or years without being checked out that often to suddenly being out every week. I wish I could use my secret database knowledge to befriend everyone checking these out. But for now, I'll just wait to meet them at an I Saw What You Did convention. I know you will both enjoy hearing about this. I'm a 34 year old single weirdo who doesn't even watch that many movies, yet I feel so at home while listening to you. I've already told everyone I know to listen, even if they don't think they'll care about movie insights or horror movies or something. The podcast is beyond all of that now, as much as it is still about that. It's not just a podcast, it's a lifestyle. Sincerely, Alma, and she's a she, her pronouns. A lifestyle. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say. This email is incredible. I love that she tracked it. Like, Alma, the fact that you decided to even track copies of DVDs in your library, you are my kind of nerd. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Like, and that you that you could actually draw a correlation between our episodes and the 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 films being checked out is really cool. Um, and I'm I don't know, Mill. I feel like you'd be proud of this too because I know that you know we're we're always big proponents of of physical media, and so I love that that people are are supporting libraries first of all. Yes. Love a library um, and using it to to check out these films. Yeah, I mean it's cool that. Yeah, people are using the library. We always love that. But also, too, I mean, I'm just like, I, I'm kind of speechless, to be honest, because it's like as much as I want to believe that this podcast is is causing shortages at libraries in major metropolitan cities or not. Actually, she doesn't even say what city. So, yeah, it could be New York City or it could be much smaller. <laughs> we don't know. Um, but just this just the concept of it, I think is so um i'm almost like i said i'm almost speechless because it just means like wow i guess people are listening and you know that's a thing that you know as a, as a person that po posts a podcast you're like are people listening like is this working like i love it it just gives <laughs> gives us such joy to know that that might be the case yeah this is seriously like i read this email and, and was just so so overjoyed to think that we could even contribute in some small way to people people using their libraries in this way and alma cannot thank you enough for writing in to tell us that you're exactly right we did enjoy hearing about this very much yeah and i and i have to say we i think we've talked about this before on a main episode but the idea that people who don't watch movies listen to the podcast i mean i, I think that's awesome i mean as a film person yeah you know of course i love talking movies with people who know movies but I also think it's cool that people who don't watch them, like Alma, are still sort of at least engaging with something and are, you know, interested in hearing about movies, even if they're not watching them as part of the podcast. So, yeah, it's great. And we get we, we do get a lot of comments from people who are like, oh, I'm like my movie list is growing. I haven't had time to watch a lot of them yet, but, you know, I'm excited that to to have my list growing and things to watch in the future. And um, 
And I love that. And I think that it's, it's something that we set out to do when we started this podcast was to talk about movies in a way that was accessible. Um, so I'm just really glad that that's what seems to be happening. Yeah. And sorry if you're on the Clute waiting list. Um, I hope it's not too long. I hope it's not like months long. I when, Whenever I'm on Libby, which is that app, you know, that where you can get yeah. like uh, electronic books, sometimes I'll add a book to my queue and it's like, oh, will be available in like six months. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so hang, hang in there, Clute fans. You'll get it one day. All right, let's see. Oh, God. I don't even know what to say. I've actually I have a lot to say. Um, <laughs> the title of this email is called Cinnamon Broom National Emergency. <laughs> what the fuck? OK, dear hosts, I don't know what to say other than I am astonished to learn of the cinnamon broom. I live in Canada, and even as an enthusiastic lover of fall, I had never heard of a cinnamon broom. To be honest, I thought y'all were talking about a snack. <laughs> snack what (laughs) they are not available to buy in canada so i'll probably be taking danielle's diy advice and make myself a cinnamon mop (laughs) thank you so much for giving me the gift of the cinnamon broom i will yearn for it always sincerely nico listen nico (laughs) i would be so sad if you took my advice on anything, but particularly the cinnamon mop. <laughs> I would just say, find someone in the U.S. who can send you one. <laughs> but also, I guess I must have overestimated the degree to which people knew about cinnamon brooms, because I'm telling you, I've gotten so many tags on social media yeah. <laughs> from people who are like, I have never heard of a cinnamon broom. And I'm like, what? Bitch, I didn't know what one was until you told me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I never fucking heard of a cinnamon broom until you told me about them. Okay. This is fucked up because <laughs> I was convinced that it was like, I won't say it's a city thing. Surely it's not a city thing. Like you're not like in downtown Chicago being like, oh, there's a cinnamon broom at the, you know, corner store. <laughs> It's a country thing, right? But I thought it was a country thing all over, not just like the South, but it was like the North country, the Canadian right. country, the fucking Arizona country. I don't fucking know. I'm I'm shocked, actually, that people don't know. <laughs> Am I stupid? <laughs> I just love that so many people thought it was food. They're like, yes. wait, is this like a cookie? Like, what is <laughs> Is this a little Debbie snack cake that I don't know about? It's a literal broom. (laughs) Like you would sweep something out of your house with if you lived in a cabin with Lizzie Borden. That is the style (laughs) broom we're talking about. (laughs) But but the funny thing is, is it's not even functional. It's it's usually smaller than an actual broom. Um, (laughs) It looks like a broom. I actually have read subsequently after this episode and everybody asking us what the fuck this was. I actually looked it up and I was like, oh, apparently like people used to put it over their doors. Like to ward off demons? Yes, like evil spirits or something like that. It's like a Wiccan thing. Wait, what? Cinnamon Brooms just got so much cooler. What? (laughs) Is it like the fall version of the horseshoe? Yeah, it must be. I mean, like. 
Uh, listen, I did not go too deep into the Wiccan internet to figure this out, but I definitely saw something about how people will hang it for good luck. So it isn't just like a fucking non-functioning broom in the corner. Sometimes it actually does do do something for people. Who knows? But when when I was in fifth grade, every single fifth grade class in my school always took a trip to this place called Ashokan. And it was one half of the class went in the fall and one class half of the class went in the winter. And they would take the entire fifth grade class to this like secluded wooded cabiny place like a camp. And they would teach us how to do things like we made um, candles like tin candle holders by banging on them with a hammer. And like Mm -hmm. and I swear to you, one of the things we made because I came home with this bundle of shit and my grandmother was like, are we fucking pilgrims? What is this shit? And one of them was a little <laughs> tiny broom that they had us make out of straw and like weave it and bind it and all that shit. That's what a cinnamon broom reminds me of, like a tiny fifth grade child labor broom. <laughs> child labor broom. <laughs> that is <laughs> useless. I swear to God, I think that place was just like a child labor camp or some kind of like mind control camp. I don't know what we were doing out in those damn woods. But yeah, it's like this tiny, useless broom that is apparently good for warding off witches, which is perfect. I'm into the cinnamon broom so much, so much more now. Yes. And even the, the cinnamon whisk. Like you, you blew minds when you posted the cinnamon whisk on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Let's get down to brass tacks. Now, the cinnamon whisk, I feel, was like more of a recent phenomenon because from my childhood, I don't remember the whisk as much as the broom. And like I said, the broom usually was something that you saw at the grocery store. You saw it at Cracker Barrel, you know, something like that, like a country. You know, I grew up in fucking Georgia. OK, this is the reality of this life down here. OK, Um But the whisk, I never saw the whisk until maybe about five to ten years ago. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're trying some new styles. (laughs) Maybe they want a whisk. (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe a mop is on the way. We don't know. (laughs) If there is, I want fucking royalties. But the whisk (laughs) is like a tiny doll sized broom that doesn't have the stick. So you can hang it in your car or in small spaces. Small spaces. Gotta tell you, I, so I, sh- I posted on, on our um, Instagram stories and I had to buy five of them. Um, I think you were only allowed to buy five of them. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> you had You had to. Yeah, they were like a dollar. I was like, but they were like, uh, Adam, you can only buy five or something. I was like, God damn, why? Um, I didn't realize there was a run on cinnamon whisks. But anyway, um, I got to tell you, I like a whisk, but not as much as a broom. I feel like the whisk goes out. The flavor goes out quicker. Mm. You know, that's wild for a small space that it would go out quicker. But yeah, I guess it's, it doesn't pack as much punch because it's not a full size broom. Exactly. I mean, I think that's simple science there, but I uh, they are fucking strategically placed around the house at this point. I've shoved <laughs> them into the top of a vase. There's one in the kitchen. There's two in the kitchen, actually. One in the front of the house, like hanging on a coat rack. Um, and I'm just like putting them all. I'm like, you know, putting them in all these like secret spots. So we'll see. I absolutely love this. I I don't know if you've ever seen this episode of Friends where Monica and Ross's grandma dies and they have to go to her house to like clean out her stuff. 
And they had told this story about how she always carried sweet and low packets or sugar packets or something uh-huh. uh, in her purse. And then when they go to her house, he tips a box over in the closet, like in the shelf, upper shelf of, of a closet. And like all of these packets of sweet and low come pour, like raining down on him. <laughs> That is 100% what's going to happen when you die. Like your nephews are going to like tip a box and it's going to be filled to the goddamn brim with cinnamon whisks. And like one broom at the end will pop out and hit one of them in the head. And they'll be like, Aunt Millie, man, we love it. (laughs) This this reminds us of a box of cinnamon whisks. God, that is fucking frightening. <laughs> They're like, we didn't want to take care of her when she was alive because she was too weird. But I guess now that we have to clean out her shit, like, what are all these fucking brooms we've never heard of? Ooh, I would do some shit like that intentionally before I die because I want people to think I'm so much weirder than I actually am. <laughs> like, I'm going to hide fucking bones in the wall. I'll be like, good luck. <laughs> good luck figuring out what I was up to. <laughs> Your Wikipedia article is going to be lit. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, should, should we get into this next email? Yeah. Oh, my God. This already the subject line is giving me stress. I knew it would. <laughs> the subject line is little children in a classroom. <laughs> oh, and also thank you, Nico, for your for your last email. Um, yes, yes. This email, it says, hi, Millie and Danielle and the I Saw What You Did team. Oh, cool. Loved the episode today and had to write in with my own personal awkward viewing of little children. I went to a hippie college in Santa Fe, New Mexico that is now sadly closed. It was a small nonprofit liberal arts school and it had a, lar- a hugely popular film department. No Country for Old Men is one of the many films that used our campus's soundstage. I was actually there at the same time as Ari Aster, but this story is not about how I had a crush on him and wasn't brave enough to talk to him. What? Look, always talk to your crushes, people. Yes. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to be like, I'm not into you. Great. Moving along. (laughs) Yes. Be bold. Carpe diem. There is no country for old men. No, this story is about a class I took in the spring of 2008 called Forbidden Love. This was an English class that fulfilled a freshman requirement, and the syllabus was chock full of awesome books about different forbidden loves. We read Lolita, The Goat or Who is Sylvia, an amazing memoir about incest called The Kiss by Katherine Harrison, and so much more. The class was supposed to be taught by an unassuming woman from the creative writing department, but was instead taught by one of my all-time favorite professors ever. A six foot four giant with hair down to his ass, muscles for days because he gave up drugs for weightlifting and a low gravelly voice he utilized to tell us stories about dating friends of the mob in New York in the 1970s. He is also a huge Bigfoot truther. I mean, (laughs) was this class taught by Tim Capello? What is up? I was literally just thinking that exact same thought. A six foot four giant with hair down to his ass. Who also a Bigfoot truther. I mean, is so evocative. I can't even tell you. <laughs> we <laughs> we 
did not read Tom Parada's book of little children, but this professor did think it was a good idea to watch the movie. <laughs> Looking back, I wonder if he had read the book and had not seen the movie because he seemed as surprised as we were to see Patrick Wilson straight railing Kate Winslet on that washing machine. <laughs> However, this was also after the same professor had us read the novella trilogy, We Don't Live Here Anymore, which deals with adultery and showed us the film adaptation where Mark Ruffalo and Naomi Watts have a very similar scene against a goddamn tree. <laughs> I, I actually loved the movie despite the awkwardness so much that I used to compare and contrast its depiction of pedophilia versus Humbert Humbert in Lolita for my final paper. But I'll never forget watching it for the first time in a room full of 18 and 19 year olds in the middle of a Tuesday morning. God bless academia. Thanks for the absolutely incredible podcast. Love, Anna. And Anna uses she, her pronouns. Holy shit. What a ride this email took us on. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's like a Stefan skit, as we always say. You got Bigfoot truthers, muscles for days. You have railing Kate Winslet <laughs> on a washing machine. You truly got it all. I got to tell you, if I would have watched this movie in a classroom, I don't even know. I, I mean, I would just be like... Oh. <laughs> sitting there going because i don't think we i mean i watched a lot of movies in film school and i don't think i ever watched something that had like major sex scenes like graphic sex yeah <laughs> i kind of feel like it's one of those moments where, where you're like we're not children anymore this isn't someone wheeling in the vcr and the tv on the cart and having <laughs> us watch like romeo and juliet like we are watching graphic sex we are in college we are adults now <laughs> Well, but OK, so this isn't a film class. This is an English class. Yeah. So, you know, perhaps um, whoever the six four giant was um, didn't realize that it was going to go in that direction in the film. So it yeah. might have just been an accident. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love that the professor was like, eh, it'll be fine. I read the book. Maybe like maybe he read the book. It was like, eh, it'll be fine. But that he just didn't even think that he needed to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like no no preparation at all on that front. I love it. And look, never let it be said that New Mexico is not on one. Yes. That whole state is perpetually on one. And I fucking love it. <laughs> oh, my God, Anna. That's the best email ever. Thank you so much for writing. Oh, here's an, here's another one that I don't even know what to say. My mind is fucking broken now. Um, the name of this, uh, email is called Calamine Lotion Bombshell. <laughs> Why am I reading the fucking crazy? I'm reading Cinnamon Broom National Emergency Calamine Lotion Bombshell. Cause you brought the flavor. That's what you brought to the cast that week. Everyone's like, Millie, we need to tell you about this. All of these very alarmist email titles. Okay. Hi, ladies. I'm about your age, so my mom slathered me in calamine when I had chicken pox, too. Then I went to pharmacy school and learned it's all bullshit. So, yes, if you have a weeping rash like poison oak, Calamine lotion does help dry that up, but calamine lotion does jack shit for itching. It's all mental. 
because you can see that pink shit on you, you don't scratch. Doesn't actually help itching at all. My 80s kid self was so pissed to learn that. Now you can be too. Love the show. D. Listen, this is not surprising to me at all because in the 80s, 99% of any attention paid to to children who were ill was some bullshit remedy. Yes. 99%. This is shocking. But not surprising. Yeah, I got to tell you, I wondered whether or not it was working several times as I was going through all that. And by the way, (laughs) yeah, give us an update. (laughs) The update is there are still the spots on my body. Like that's the that's the (gasps) thing that is actually maybe possibly concerning where I was like, oh, shit, are these going away? Like they're not like. They've stopped itching considerably. They still itch a tiny bit, but not as much as it was back like the week or two after I got them. Right. But now there are like these bumps and I'm like, um, are they going away? Do I need to get plastic surgery on my fucking legs? Like, what the fuck is going on? No. Remember, Alexis, our producer, had them for three months. Three months. Yes, I... I am still rocked by that fucking information because (laughs) I started looking it up. Okay, so we got a lot of emails about this. A lot of people making suggestions. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Did you read the suggestion where somebody told you to put a hot spoon on your skin? Yes. I was like, okay, (laughs) do I want that? Do I want to burn welts into my body to combat the fucking welts that are already on my body like i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) fighting fire with fire i suppose but you know a lot of people were like here's what helps a lot of people were like you might have gotten chiggers which again a problematic term that we hate to say (laughs) so there's somebody was saying that it might have been chiggers it might have been something so i was actually like well let me go on the internet and see like actually what happens i read this horrific (laughs) blog post which i don't under i don't know if it's actual science i'll just put that out there but that somebody wrote that the reason why the bump lasts so long is because there are fucking eggs in there (gasps) oh hell no i don't know if that's true is that just for chiggers or is that sand fleas i I have i actually don't know i think it was no (sighs) cms i'm not gonna lie i I, maybe we can get (laughs) some Maybe we can get D from the pharmacy school to let us know. But D, I was like screaming and then I shut my laptop and went and did something else because I was like, I don't want there to be eggs, bug eggs in my body. That is a deeply horror filled read. And I would have thrown my computer out the window and then dipped my body in boric acid. Like, what the fuck? I know. And I was like, surely this has to be um, unfounded information. And so I'm just going to walk away from it because I don't want to believe that that's true. But yes, I still have the marks. And so, yeah, if Alexis is telling us it was three full months until they actually went away, I'm probably I got about two more months left. (laughs) I got got a ways to go. (laughs) Oh, damn. I don't is, is there a doctor's appointment in the future in the future for you? Like, I don't want you to go through two months of this. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the itching has pretty much like subsided like once in a while. 
Um, you know, and it's a lot of it is probably mental. Like I'm scratching my leg and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm scratching my bumps or whatever. Right. But yeah, it just looks, still looks kind of bad. Like not going to lie. Um, uh. in fact, I, I went to a function like last weekend. Um, and I was like, I have to wear tights. I can't show bare legs <sighs> here. Like it's just, we're going to put some tights on. So damn, yeah. these no seams are fucking life ruining. I know. But now we know that calamine lotion is bullshit. <laughs> truly i want to print this email out and tape it to to the door of every parent i met in the 80s <laughs> just print it out and put it just mail it to every nurse's office in every elementary school across the nation yes i'm I'm ready to start a political party based on the bullshit <laughs> um of calvin lotion ah, who's with me you got my vote thank you for this barn burner of an email d Oof. i appreciate it Truly was a bombshell. Truly. <laughs> also, if you hear any kind of tapping in the background for me, it's because there's a raccoon in my attic. So, oh shit! Oh, and no. this motherfucker is like grabbing crab apples and rolling them around the ceiling, and he's like, he does a very rhythmic tapping that kind of freaks me out. Like he's knocking on a door. He's woodworking up there. Yeah, Damn. like he's whittling some shit. I don't know what the, he's like working a sewing machine with an old school pedal that he has to keep pumping or something. <laughs> but he's 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 gonna be gone in the next couple of days but he's been in my house up in that attic for about a week just like i don't know if i go up in the attic and look he's probably got like a whole christmas workshop up there i have no idea <laughs> you're gonna have to send him to mortville where you send yeah. <laughs> chauncey and his family so they got they gots to go they see you sucker go. any animal that tries to move into this house with me is just going to get a rude awakening like you can hang out and there's so much room in the yard you can hang out in the yard all you want don't try to move in with me man i like living alone yeah and that includes raccoons <laughs> damn dude also raccoons make a terrifying screeching noise Ugh. but it's the knocking it's the knocking against the walls that really has me feeling like i live with a ghost and i hate this fucking little shit and he's got to go try to do a podcast down here motherfucker come on dude we're trying to pod up here <laughs> <laughs> well the next email um i love and i'm gonna read it to you right now how about that the subject is tattoo that movie onto my body Hey all, hearing you both talk about random tattoos had me laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. My random tattoo collection includes a walrus on my ankle, a skull with a bow on its head on my foot, and the word strength tattooed across my waistline. Long story, but no, it doesn't mean strong vagina. I get asked that a lot. Oh shit. One of my tattoos I think you would enjoy is a portrait of Jareth and Sarah from the ballroom scene in The Labyrinth. So my question is, if you were to get a movie scene or quote tattooed on your body or another one, Danielle, what would it be? I love your podcast. Your banter gets me through the insanely long work days taking care of patients during this wild pandemic. It makes me feel like I'm just chatting with old friends, sending you all the good vibes. Kaylee and Kaylee uses she her pronouns oh boy well god what so what about you what would you I mean you already have the rocky tattoo I've already got a rocky tattoo what else would you fancy if you were to get another tattoo of a movie I mean don't rule it out there's I still got a lot of skin space 
<laughs> but I feel like I feel like I would get something. Like, did you ever see that movie Little Monsters with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but his like he looks so the monster Howie Mandel monster looks so weird that I would totally get that like on my inner thigh. And then the next time I have sex, somebody would be like freaked out because <laughs> like the ears were floppy and he had like weird piercings and warts and shit. And I'd just be like, what's up? <laughs> That's where my sense of humor is right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, get the warthog monster tattooed. <laughs> or I'd get like... <laughs> I get like Paul Giamatti from American Splendor just hunched over a drafting table on my back. Oh my God. <laughs> Here's what here, I will say to that end just as a casual observer of people's tattoos, the more random a scene from a movie on your body, the funnier it is to someone like me. Yeah. Like to me, to somebody like me that I'm like looking at your tattoos, I'm like, oh, that's Paul Giamatti on a drafting table like exactly you you have this memorialized on your body that's fucking amazing <laughs> i would get so dumb with it or it would be like <laughs> or it'd be like that scene in um inside man with uh clive owen and denzel washington mm. and it was just like there's like this one scene <laughs> <laughs> of clive owen just like living behind a wall for a week and i would get that tattooed or i get the scene where denzel is like walking through the streets and they, he he does that it's like that spike lee shot where he's moving forward but everything else is moving backwards yeah i just get something real dumb dumb and funny good lord uh what would you get <laughs> yeah now that i'm thinking about it I mean, there's a couple of things, right? I mean, God, this is like such a hard question to answer for me because there's so many movies that I like. It it would be really hard to like whittle it down. It could be a quote. It could be a quote. Yeah. See, I'm not really into quotes. So like, I'm like <laughs> I would rather do a scene. I think I'd rather do a scene. Cool. Um, there, <laughs> I was thinking when I was reading this, there's a scene from this movie, Johnny Guitar, which is a great film. Um, one of my faves, even though Danielle says I actually don't like it. And my favorite movie is Memphis bell, but I still really <laughs> love Johnny guitar. Um, I have a poster of it in my living room. Sterling Hayden in that movie. There's a scene. It's kind of hard to explain, but, um, there's a scene of him in the bar and he, you know, in, in the movie, it's a Western. So he's dressed up like a cowboy. He's basically like a guitar playing, singing cowboy Ooh. that, um, comes back to this uh, saloon that's owned by Joan Crawford. And you just, if you haven't seen the movie, you have to see it because it's fucking amazing. But um, yeah. he's there's a, a moment where he's holding a teacup and it's like the funniest scene because he's this like rugged. I mean, if you've ever seen Sterling Hayden um, in the fifties in and sixties, you know, I mean, he was another person in the 80s, like in nine to five. He looked fucking insane. But like <laughs> in the 50s, he was like a kind of huge blonde, like, you know, obviously very tall, but kind of kind of substantial. And he's wearing, you know, like a Western outfit. And he's just holding this like tiny little dainty teacup. <laughs> uh, and I was like, that's would be a, that would be a fucking great tattoo. Just like the picture of him holding that teacup. I love this. Yeah. And then there's just, you know, there's other stuff too. Like, 
uh, God, I'm just thinking of movies that I really like. Like I love um, a lot of Powell Pressburger movies. And I think those would make good tattoos because they're so like beautiful and um, evocative. Um, Probably a scene from like something like that. Or I mean, I don't know. Like I (laughs) there's just so much to choose from. And I'm and I'm also like plagued by the notion of I'm like, what if I just get one and then it's got to be everything. Right. Um, which is not true. You could get like full sleeves. Right. Just yeah. go down that road. Full sleeves, full back piece. You can get one of those like tattooed. Um, oh, God, I forget what they call them. But it's like where it starts at your neck. But it's like you've got a little collar. So it's kind of a neck tattoo and then like, like, like a short sleeves. And then it just kind of goes down to your top thigh. So it's basically like you tattoo an old timey swimsuit <laughs> on your body. You can just do that. I could. I just could From do that. neck to, to thigh. It's just like all whatever you want. I mean, I could definitely get um, a vagina tattoo like our um, listener and maybe put like freaks. Just to do the, the title. I think I think Kaylee expressly said it was not a vagina tattoo, but I would love if you got a freak tattoo on your fucking waistline. I would goddamn love it so much. That's hilarious. I'm like, what other movies can I put down there? Just freaks with an arrow pointing directly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love it it would be so funny but um yeah that's a good thought experiment thank you so much for writing yeah i've got one more that i would get and i think i would get that scene from moonstruck where Nicolas cage is screaming he stole my hand he stole my bride johnny's got his (laughs) hand johnny's got his bride (laughs) i would love a moonstruck tattoo that's so awesome full swimsuit Excellent email. Thank you, Kaylee, for writing in. Yeah. All right. Let me let me read this one. This is a quick one. Uh, title of it is a never meet your heroes moment. Hi, Millie and Danielle. First off, thank you so much for the podcast and the joy that you bring during these dark times. I love hearing about the movies and I love the fun bonus episodes. I was just wondering if either of you had an interesting story about any run ins with someone famous or someone you were a fan of. Thank you so much for all that you do, Diane. And um, she goes by she, her pronouns. Ooh, I I do have several. Most of them are bait because of what I do for a living. Okay. Um, and I don't know how many I can legally discuss. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but I've definitely had some of these moments. Di- Diane went on in this email to tell us a story about a run in that, sh- that she had with one of her heroes. And yeah, I mean, I've I've boned some of my heroes. Jeez. I've gotten drunk with some of my heroes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my life's been a little wild, but uh, yeah, I've definitely had some never meet your heroes moments. I'm trying to think of something that's like very innocent that I could say um, about a never meet your heroes moment. Are they dead or any of them dead? That would be cool. No. Oh. That's the- <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you were dead. <laughs> Mine's dead, so I feel like I can say it, but you know. Oh, 100% say yours. <laughs> I don't want you to incriminate yourself, but you know, no. if there is a story, I'd love to hear it. 
that you can talk about. I'll keep thinking. I'll keep thinking. But you 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 tell yours because I I know for a fact that you have a never meet your heroes moment that is so goddamn hilarious. And I know you cannot say it because this person is not dead yet. But yes. once you can, I want you to build a whole memoir around it. But go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I want to preface what I'm about to say with this the fact that i actually hate meeting famous people like i do not yeah. want to know famous people i i spent a lot of time in college interviewing musicians as part of like when i worked in college radio and I, so i had to interview people all the time and so i just mm. sort of like got this weird feeling of like oh I just want to be able to enjoy people because yeah. if I have a bad interaction with them, then I will never be able to like them again. And that happened several times to me in college where I would be like, I love this band. And then they'd come in and they were fucking assholes. And then I'd be like, I have to steamroll their fucking CDs now because yeah. they remain to me. OK, You're like now I have to call Tipper Gore and get on the fucking <laughs> phone with the PMRC <laughs> and rent a steamroller from them. Yes. And I don't got the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so basically, like, coupled with the fact that I've worked at TCM for 18 years and, you know, work film festivals and have to, like, interact with, you know, old movie stars all the time. Like, you know, I, I just have it's just me. Like, you know, sometimes people meet their heroes and it's this incredible interaction and it's I'm happy when that happens to people. But for me, I never want to be around famous people ever. Same. OK, so. When I was working at a film festival, I ran into um, a movie producer named Robert Evans, who <laughs> um, there's a big um, Pat Oswalt joke about him on like one of his comedy albums. So if you don't know who he is, Robert Evans used to work at Paramount and um, he was the guy that produced like the Godfather movies and Chinatown and Rosemary's Baby. I think he dated Ally McGraw or something at one point. Yep. Um, but there was a documentary that was made about him called The Kid Stays in the Picture. And I think that's like, you know, it's like one of these legendary um, Hollywood <laughs> documentaries about a Hollywood wild man. Right. <laughs> so I. I was not seeking out to meet him, by the way. I was literally going to do my job and he ran into me <laughs> while I was working. <laughs> and when I tell you, he was pissed off in a way that <gasps> I've never seen anybody. Like, imagine like an old, old person who has been through a lot, probably did a lot of drugs, probably smoked a lot of cigarettes, probably had mm. 10,000 whiskeys in his life who is now in like his twilight years in a velour jumpsuit, <laughs> having to give a speech about one of his films at a film festival in Hollywood and not knowing where his assistant went and being stuck sort of in this green room alone. He was pissed in a way that I've never seen anyone pissed <sighs> off before. And I just happened to be the person that was there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> And I swear to God, it was like the devil himself screaming at me. <laughs> and you're like, sir, I truly know that you are over it and you're no longer interested in making a good impression on anyone for the rest of your fucking life. But please calm down. <laughs> Listen, this is a guy who was a Hollywood executive for basically his entire adult life, 
So he has definitely fucking professionally yelled at people before, and he right. is amazing at it. Just to tell you, <laughs> like a legend. And I just sat there and was like, I couldn't do anything because I was just like, uh, he's our talent. I want to make sure that he's comfortable. And this guy was not comfortable or happy whatsoever. <laughs> and I was fucking <laughs> flipping out. I mean, I was like, uh, 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 let me get my boss. Let me get in. He was like, <gasps> I'm fucking starving. I'm thirsty. You've left me back here with nothing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill this man. Um, He wants sustenance and I don't even know what to do. Um, oh my god i love also it's like you're an adult man you're an adult man like go figure the fuck out you want fucking water go walk out there and find some goddamn water yeah i was when i say shook we need a new definition of shook i was so (laughs) terrified um but he died he's passed he's since passed so i feel like i can tell that story um but yeah that was my one of my big celebrity run-ins and i was like scarred for life even to this day damn no wonder why you don't like meeting celebrities you're like fuck this shit (laughs) it's not that i don't appreciate what he's done for us for the film people of the world but i'm just saying that like do i want to hang out with him no absolutely not absolutely not i i could not agree more i cannot i don't it's not that I, i don't even like hate meeting famous people i just don't care like i don't like your job is not impressive enough to me to give you like the the kind of deference that you want. I just if you're a good person and you're funny and you're like normal, then we can talk and we can get down. But I don't care about your job, basically. Um, yeah. Like or like, you know, like I'm not going to just kind of bow down because of, you know, what you do for a living. Yeah. To me, it's it's just the interaction I feel is so um, it's so loaded you know, because yeah. it's this weird like, oh, well, you're a famous person and I'm not. And then is it like you think that I need something from you or, you know, and then that I'm like pretending to get off on knowing you or something like I don't know. It just feels right. loaded. And also when I really like something, you know, I don't want to know how the sausage is made. I don't want to exactly. peek behind the curtain. So I leave me to my fantasy of what this is. And I don't I don't need to know you. Right. Exactly. Oh, I could. I, I've thought of one, but your story is so good. I don't know if I want to tell it. <laughs> well, listen, you are going to write an expose. <laughs> when all these people, you know, have died. I want a fucking we're going to have a kid stays in the picture for your life. I want to know the year 2050. Everything <laughs> comes out. Get fucking ready. I mean, I've had so many different types of interactions with like celebrity types that and some of them are yeah. annoying as shit. <laughs> where you're like yeah. oh this person is annoying as fuck um yes. and the other is you know sort of like the the nice one i don't even care if they're nice i just don't want it at all <laughs> so i don't want it at all i don't want it at all that is truly the point where i'm at right now when i'm on set i'm just like i'm the writer i'm not like i will say hello to the <laughs> to the yeah. actors but otherwise i will be in video village doing my job for I I chose this job for a reason. I like being behind the scenes and I don't enjoy meeting people who are in a very I I don't want to say volatile, but like they're kind of in a very they're they're on shaky ground already. Like they're doing yeah. their job and maybe you don't want to deal. But also if you meet them in the wild, it's like, well, they're not doing their job, so I shouldn't bother them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I kinda, you know, I feel like never meet your heroes 
should just apply across the board. And trust me, for another podcast, I'll save it. For 20, when we podcast in 2050, I will tell the stories of Never Bone Your Heroes. I'll save that for 2050. Uh, I, I am looking forward to it. I will go one further to end this and say, never have heroes. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> just don't have them. Done. End of, end of episode, end of podcast. You just <laughs> said the most prolific thing of all time. We're done here. Never like anything. <laughs> don't like anything or anyone. Goodbye. <laughs> um, well, okay. I mean, I guess we're out of time. I swear we're going to read more for the next bonus. We're going to save this last one for the next week's, or I'm sorry, for next time's episode. Um, but thank you so much for writing in. If you want to write to us, it's I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. You can hang out with us on our socials at I saw pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have uh, merch needs of any kind, go visit the Exactly Right shop on exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you so much for like supporting us on premium. Citra Premium, yes. it really matters. It helps us. And tell your friends to do the same. Rate, review, subscribe. If you like this podcast and you want to keep it going, show us some love. Yes, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support. And hey, if you do have famous people emails and you want to write them to us, well, uh, we won't read them on air, but I just want to know because I'm nosy. I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> just hit us up and um, yeah, well, I guess we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Alexis Amorosi. Our engineer is Annalise Nelson. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. Email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. And please don't forget to listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. 